from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Welcome to Live at Five, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. Coming to you from the Live Free or Die state of New Hampshire. I am your ever so humble, God-fearing and God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell, the Hip Hop Patriot. You are watching live from America at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the second hour of the day that we run the show. If you are new to the show and you've never been here before, uh, hang on. Because it gets fun, it gets rocky, we got ups, we got downs, we got laughs, we got prayers, we even got cries sometimes. But this is an amazing show and you'll never find a better audience than you do right here on Live from America. It has grown into whatever it is now, which is just a beautiful thing and I enjoy doing this show so very much. We have people watching live on the website, we have people watching live on YouTube and other social media, we have people that will uh, watch this later and I uh, urge you to do the same and share, like uh, the, the video just as people do when they watch live and for those listening on the podcast, how you doing? Shout out to the podcast listeners. So let's give some live shout outs to those who are watching right now because it is that live energy that this show really thrives off of. So Dara Yusin, how you doing? Uh, Dara, I should say, and I, I really enjoyed uh, what you sent me. Thank you very much. John Edwards from Champaign, Illinois. We got Michael Grasick from the great state of Nebraska watching tonight. We got John Halli- uh, John Callahan from the Sunshine State. If I feel like Joe Biden with my mask on. Of Florida, we got Jana B- uh, Bellin says like and share. Exactly, Jana. I appreciate that. Or maybe it's Jana. Um, we got Greg Messick watching from Kami, Colorado, he says. Trinette Mitchell is watching. Katie, Katie Bareka says, good afternoon. I love your show. Thank you very much. If, you know what? This is the People's Network. This is the People's Show, and we've all created this together. So glory, all glory to God, right? Kelly Janda from California. Jason Adams from Colorado. Julie Incline. I got the shirt uh, today from donating, and I, I really uh, appreciate that. Uh, you didn't have to send me a shirt, but I really do appreciate that. Um Juanita, Nebraska loves Jeremy, she says. I think it's it could be Jonita, but <laughs> Ann Smith watching from Montana. And let's see, Rick Coates is also watching. I'd also like to give a very special shout-out to Robin Olson. I received your, um, your um, donation in the mail today, and I want to thank you so very much for that. I want to thank Conrad and, Car- Conrad and Carol Zilk. Or Zilke, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I got your donation in the mail today. Thank you. And Judy and Ted Skagen as well. I want to thank you all very much. Today, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to day 81 of military occupation in our nation's capital. And welcome to day 377 of 15 days to slow the spread. Stephen Ganchi, he wants a shout out. Stephen, did you ever think that 15 days would turn into 377 days? Did you ever think that seven more days, just 30 more days, would turn into an entire year plus, and now they want more? Did anybody, did Chris Jones watching from South Australia, did you think that this was going to happen? All the way down, from down under, did you think we were going to be here today? 
William Sieber, did you from Kansas think that 377 days later that we would still be putting up with this and still putting it up with it to the extent that we are? I never thought so. I got to be honest with you. I never thought that. But here we are, 377 days in of 15 days to slow the spread. Sheena Rodriguez says, the longest two weeks of my life. Boy, you ain't kidding. You are not kidding. Ann Thompson said, God help us. Well, you know what? You hit the nail right on the head there, Ann, because there's nobody else who can. Chad Davis says, swamp donkeys. You're 100% right. It is the fault of the swamp donkeys. Folks, if you're watching, please right now, if you're watching on YouTube, jump out of the chat, jump down there, click that like button, that thumbs up button, and if you guys can, share to five of your friends, because we need to have circles of people everywhere talking about what happens on this show, because this, I try to give you guys the most informative truth, I try to get you on top of stories, I try to tell you what's going on with bills that the late uh, mainstream fake news media might not tell you about, I really try to keep you as informed as I possibly can on this show, and we need all your friends and family talking about this. You know what I mean? Um, yep, I, I hear that too. Uh, Zare's target master says it's a nightmare that we can't wake up from. Well, don't worry, because all nightmares have an end, and you wake up to something a lot better. So the best is yet to come, okay? All right, we're going to get right into talking uh, the word, because the word and the gospel is how we stay united. Fellowship through the gospel is how we stay united. Regardless of what's going on in these divided states of America, it seems like the gospel always keeps us together. So we want to give our love and our honor to God before we start every show. And we will read tonight, as we do every night on the evening shows from Jesus Calling. And tonight's devotionals are going to get their strength and their words from Psalm 130, 5 and 6, and also from Isaiah 60, 19. Okay, and March 29th, year of our Lord, 2021, here we go. And I love this. Wait till you hear this. People who are struggling with long-term problems may feel as if their suffering will go on interminably. But for my children, there is a reason to be hopeful, even while circumstances remain dark. Just as the night sometimes seems terribly long, yet always ends in dawn. What we were just talking about, right? With the nightmare. So your, so your journey through this world, no matter how long and hard it seems, will definitely end in glory. Now think about that. The night is always the darkest right before dawn. Nightmares always end. You know, all those sayings that people have, they all come from the word. The word is what keeps us morally um, compassed to the right direction. The word is what keeps us factually driven, love and compassion, truth, justice, all of that is what guides us. And, and, and what he was just speaking about when he was saying about the nightmare that never ends, right, Debbie Widman? The nightmare that never ends? Well, the nightmare that always, always ends in glory is the word of God. Everything that's going on that's troubling, that you're having internally, emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, and definitely politically in this country, you can always find your refuge right here. So again, I said it, it's Psalm 135, which says, I wait for the Lord. We're waiting right now. Right now, we're waiting for the best is yet to come, but we're not waiting without doing anything. We're actually putting waiting and works together. That's what's great about this audience. The, the audience that watches like Stephen K. Bannon, myself, and many others. 
Those people are action item people. I love it. So it says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. And also Isaiah 60, 19 says, the sun shall be no more light by day. The sun shall be no more light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Before you turn out that light tonight, watch for the morning. Relief is on its way. And that's why they call it the present, because every day you wake up is a present. The more we realize that, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie, um, did you ever see the movie Fight Club? with uh, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. Okay, crazy movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, spoiler spoiler alert, the guy's got mental, uh, you know, mental problems and has multiple personality disorder. Anyway, in one of those parts of that movie, they end up putting a, a, a store owner, a clerk, uh, maybe, maybe he was just a cashier. They end up uh, putting him on his knees and putting a gun to his head. All right, and they end up... And it was all for, it, it, Brad Pitt was doing it. It was, it was Edward Norton's multiple personality that was doing it. But what they did is they put the fear of God into this guy. And so he said to him, tomorrow will be the best morning you ever have. Tomorrow's breakfast will be the best breakfast you ever have. Now, I don't want to compare Fight Club to the word, but my point is, that I always that always stuck with me when I watched that. It said, "Wow, what could you what could possibly make you feel like tomorrow would be the best breakfast you ever had?" Well, the fear of God, the feel the fear of not living in eternity, the fear of not living in step with Jesus, that would make you feel like the next morning was the best thing that ever happened. You know what I mean? That that that's true. That's true stuff right there. True statement. Uh, so let's uh, start with the Lord's Prayer, guys, and we'll get started because I got a lot to go through and I even got some good news. I promised you we'd have some good news tonight. So, you know, in light of that fact, make sure you share that video. OK, if you're say if you're somewhere where you can say it out loud, say it out loud with me. All right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And I just seen a Vietnam vet in here by the name of Paul Joseph, who wanted a shout out. So hey, Paul, thank you for your service. Thank you for fighting for the men and women of this country. Thank you for your patriotism. And God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Stephen Ganchi says, enough is enough. I completely agree, Steve. I completely agree. Okay, sip, sip, ready? Slurp, slurp, I should say. To slurp or not to slurp, that's the question. First and foremost section of the day is going to be a double whammy. Not only are we going to get the first and foremost section today, but we're also going to get the first... The first dum-dum today, guys, is going to go to Resident Corn Pop. Again, like I told you, he's probably going to end up getting the, the, the massive dum-dum award of the month at the end of this month. But this guy is just about as, uh, you know what, I'm not even talking about his mental incapacity. I'm talking about just the guy alone, even before he had uh, dementia or anything that he's going through. The guy is a dum-dum, okay? He came out today. 
and he begged. And I'm talking beg. Please, come on, guys. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is serious. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. He came out today and he begged governors to, to reinstate their mask mandates if they've already loosened them. What a dumb dumb. We already know because of science, you know, that same science that the left is always telling us that we should follow, unless it pertains to biological science of genders, right? Or unless it pertains to, I don't know, when they called it global warming, but then the earth started cooling, so they had to change the name of it and call it climate change. You know, those pesky science facts that they don't like. Well, all we have to do is look at the statistics that the science gives us and what shows us of the states that decided not to lock down their population and put masky pads on their face. And we can see that the death toll and the amount of people that caught it are not as much as the places, you know, if you compare it number to number in a percentage, uh, you know, ratio, then it shows you that the people of New York and California were far worse than the people of like, say, Florida and South Dakota. So why you're coming out begging governors to, you know what it is? You, last year, you saw how far you could push the American people. Last year, your great experiment to see how much you could control the American people was a year-long experiment. And look how far you got to go. Look how many freedoms that America gave up. Look how many of our everyday average American freedoms, our rights that God gave us at birth, not government, I'll repeat, God gave us at birth, you took away a lot of them. And we just ever so easily forfeited our rights to you. Now what you're seeing is you're seeing an, an, an attempt to push it further. You're seeing in an, an attempt to see if they can even go further. Because all of this, ladies and gentlemen, whether you believe it's that bad or whether you don't, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, it's all a massive, massive experiment to see how far they can actually push, how many of your rights you will actually relinquish to them, forfeit to them, without a fight. So he comes on the air today, resident corn pop, before he calls his lid and took his afternoon nap, and he begged governors and mayors to reinstitute their mask mandates, reinstate, I should say, calling it your patriotic duty to do so. Again, calling it the governors and the mayors patriotic duty to impose a mask mandate. He never said anything about a patriotic duty for the citizens to do it, but then he encouraged to make sure that you definitely get the vaccine. And he's, and, and, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this guys, I've been telling you this for, for months now. I've been telling you that our fight is at the state level. Why? Because the, the, the majority of the population did not know that the states gave the federal government the power that they have. It was not the other way around. It was not the other way around. The federal government did not give the states their power. So now you, have, you, you see Corn Pop himself with his hairy legs begging the states because he cannot mandate a state. And we found that out during Trump's presidency, his first presidency, his first legal win. He should be there for now for a second legal win, but we'll talk about that later. We saw how much power these states had, and that's where they messed up, showing their hand, reminding us that the states gave the federal government their power, not the other way around. So now you're, that's why they feared the, the Georgia um, election integrity laws that were signed in so badly. That's why they fear each state taking back power, because they know 
without it, their, their, their agenda is messed up. That's why they're trying to ram through as much as they possibly can this year because they know middle of next year, they, they're, they're done. And they know definitely 2022, they're losing House and Senate. And we're going to tell you why. You guys, are, uh, you guys have been kind of uh, iffy about the next two elections, saying, well, they're just going to have Dominion, so they're going to cheat anyway. We're going to talk about that today, actually. And I've been waiting for some stuff like this to come out so that I could be somewhat you know, validated in what I've been telling you guys. Okay, so anyway, that's our first and foremost section today and our first Dum Dum Award of the day. But don't worry. Don't worry, guys. There's Dum Dums to give out because we got another another Dum Dum Award to give away. Not only are we going to give it to Resident Corn Pop to start out the show, but we're also going to give it to the current CDC director. Dumb, dumb swamp donkeys. Why? Because not too long after resident Biden came on and begged governors and mayors to, uh, you know, impose the mask mandates that they've already let go of. They're not going to do it again, by the way. They're not going to do it again. They, they see where Florida is and that's where they want to be. Okay, so not only is that begging and that crying, anyway, not that that wasn't pathetic enough now now we're going to show you how pathetic part two was because part two was the cdc director coming on and begging you as well to continue to forfeit your rights just a little bit longer just a little bit longer oh won't you please give your freedoms to me wow 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 hold on here we go US right now. Here's Dr. Walensky. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now, I'm scared. Guys, she says she's feeling a sense of impending doom. Looking at the case numbers now, 62,000 here in the U.S. They've come down a lot, but they have stagnated and have started to pick up. And she says this could be the beginning of a surge that really worries her. And reiterating, the vaccines work. We just, you know, have to hang on until they really cover enough people. Got so I'm. I didn't play the other. I have another one where it actually shows her pretend to cry. She's. Ugh. I'm so scared. This is not this is not this is not a joke, guys. I'm so scared. We're almost through it. We're almost through it. Just hang on a little bit longer. We got new strains evolving. We might have to do new vaccines. You might have to wear 17 masks. We're not sure, maybe 18, but guys, just hold on a little bit longer. I'm a mother too. I'm a mother and I'm a wife and I'm a sister and I'm an aunt and I'm a, I'm this and I'm that and I'm the CDC director and we're all in this together just wait a little bit longer uh bum bum ba bum wow this is their attempt this is kind of like a wrap up smear campaign if you think about it because this is their attempt to go on one after the other one after the other to tell you how scary it is out there and how we're almost there we're almost at the finish line you mean like we were almost at the 15 days to slow the spread but then it became 30 days, 
but then it became 45 days, but then it became over a year. Oh, like those, like those, you want us to believe you now? You ever heard of a story called The Little Boy Who Cried Wolf? I don't know if that's banned yet along with Dr. Seuss, because maybe the wolf might be a little upset that, you know, the little boy assumed its species, because um, it could have been a turtle, I don't know, but it wanted to be a wolf. So let's just assume that for, you know, for story's sake, that it was a wolf. And read The Little Boy Who Cried Wolf. The Little Boy Who Cried Wolf, sometimes I gotta feel like I need to talk to the left like a child. So I'm going to do that right now. The Little Boy Who Cried Wolf was a story about a little boy who lied so many times that after about three or four times of lying, that the village stopped running to see if he was really in danger or to see if he was really in doom. So when he was really in danger and he really was in doom, he said, wolf, wolf, wolf. And they said, oh, he's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that kid. He's lying, obviously. Well, that's the story of the little boy who cried wolf. But again, don't miss, miss, misappropriate or miss species categorize him yeah can you imagine can you imagine being a liberal talk show oh my lanta oh my lanta <laughs> i want to show you a, a picture of somebody that you should be getting familiar with okay and this uh woman's name is kelly hopefully i say this name right shibaka kelly shibaka and she is actually running as a pro-America, pro-America first, pro-MAGA candidate to unseat Senator Murkowski in the state of Alaska, excuse me, and Kelly Shabik, Shab, Shibaka, excuse me, Kelly Shibaka, uh, formerly held the title um, of the uh, director of the Alaska Department of Administration, and she just gave her notice because she decided that she was going to run to unseat Murkowski, and she has the Alaskan GOP uh, support to do this. So get to know this face, research her, get to know her a little bit, see about what she's about, but she's all about not impeaching President Donald J. Trump. And I told you, I told you that these rhinos, removing these rhinos from these red states that has red legislature already was going to be the key to winning 2022 and 2024, which is why the left is having a meltdown over Georgia signing the election integrity Bill. Slurp, slurp. Mm. Alicia Wida, who was watching on YouTube, says 2.3 2 thousand people watching and under a thousand likes. It takes one second. Let's grow. You know what, Alicia? Maybe I should hire you as a marketing person because I couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much. But definitely get to know her again. Her name is Kelly Shibaka, and it's actually spelled T S H I B A K A. Okay, um, Mary Kay says Jeremy's been into the Smarties. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. I want to show you. Um, actually, <laughs> this is actually uh, something I want you to read with me. Okay, so Peter Navarro, you guys know that last week I told you that Peter Navarro was on uh, Stephen K. Bannon's War Room show, and he was like connecting Dr. Fauci to the Wuhan lab. And I didn't play that video because it's quite a long video and I didn't want to be flagged for copyright claim. All right. But I do have the entire, uh, basically talking points, uh, from the transcript that Peter Navarro was talking about how he was linking Dr. Fauci to the Wuhan lab. 
I'm going to read that with you right now. I'm going to let you read it with me so you can see it on the screen. And I want you to, I want to uncover, almost like following the money, I want to uncover Dr. Fauci's role in the spread, the lies, and ultimately the taking of your freedoms because of the CCPV. So I'm going to switch over here and we're going to read this together. And as you see, it says Peter Navarro slams Dr. Fauci. Virus came from building he built. All right, well, let's move on and read this. Former White House trade advisor Peter Navarro Monday lambasted, lambasted Dr. Fa- Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, for the role the agency had in funding the Wuhan Institute of Viro- Virology, the Chinese lab that U.S. intelligence tied to the worldwide outbreak of the novel coronavirus after former CDC director Robert Redfield's comments over the weekend that the disease, quote, escaped the facility. Remember, we talked about that last week. This is the building that Tony Fauci built, Navarro claimed to Fox Business uh, Maria Bartiromo. He took American, this is a quote, he took American taxpayer money and funneled it, laundered it through the NIH, which is the institute that Dr. Fauci runs, and gave to this lab so it could conduct the kind of research that led basically to the virus, if Bob Redfield is right. Now, if you don't know who Bob Redfield is, Bob Redfield is the former CDC director who says that he feels like he can have an opinion now, which was not the case when he wanted to say all this stuff. So let's go back and read some more about Dr. Fauci's being connected to the Wuhan lab. In February, the Daily Caller, citing the National Institutes of Health, reported that the Wuhan lab got U.S. funding from 2014 through 19 for studies on bat-based coronaviruses and that it will be eligible through 2024 for financing. The Wuhan lab received $600,000 of U.S. government funding through the New York-based nonprofit group EcoHealth Alliance, which in 2014 had a $3.4 million grant from Fauci's agency. EcoHealth's grant money was cut off by the NIH last April, but was offered to be restored if the nonprofit would meet certain circumstances on investigating the Wuhan lab. But Navarro accused Fauci on Monday of not only giving China money for the research, but said he went behind the backs of the Trump administration. Wow, right? In 2015, the Obama administration's National Security Council, to their credit, stopped Fauci and Francis Collins at NIH from allowing this game of function research, Navarro claimed. Quote, but after Donald Trump was elected president, Fauci came in through the back door and said, no, this lab, you can gain functional research, the virus, in all likelihood came from the house that Tony Fauci built. He has to be held accountable. These are strong questions about where the virus came from. Uh, One of the last things we did at the Trump administration was to impose stiff sanctions, withhold the release of orders on all products from Xi Jinping, said Navarro. It is a huge, huge human rights abuse issue. Now, I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's quite long, but basically I'll kind of paraphrase and and wrap it all up into a short story for you. Anthony Fauci took money from the U.S. government that was supposed to go towards his lab, took it to his lab, funneled it, basically laundered it, 
to in order to to build the Wuhan lab and build its research capabilities, giving it resources in which to do so. And they had been working on not only a coronaviruses, but also different strands and also vaccines. CCPVs, we'll call them. Okay? Dr. Fauci then came out today and said that he started working on those in January of 2020. But in January of 2020, if you go back and roll the tape, he's saying everything's all good. Now we're going to be able to link money that went to one place that was supposed to go to one place, but actually went to another and where the whole world is getting basically information that it came from this place. But remember I told you last week that the, uh, the WHO would come out and they would whitewash the story. Remember I told you that they would make it so that it, it didn't come from there. Guess what happened today? That's what happened. The WHO came out and said, nope, it came from a bat cave 80 miles away from there. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn, and Jeffrey Epstein actually killed himself. So, if you buy that. This article is actually, somebody asked, where is this article? You can see this article on, uh, Newsmax has it up, and it's written by Sandy Fitzgerald. And if you really want to uh, dig deeper into it, then you can go to uh, Steve, War- Steve Bannon's War Room, which I believe was last Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which day it was, but it was either Thursday or Friday's 11 o'clock show. And he laid it all out. He laid it all out on camera. It was incredible. All right. So um, I want to give a smarty to Peter Navarro, Dr. Peter Navarro, for not only doing all the digging on all the election fraud that took place, but also from connecting Dr. Fauci to the Wuhan lab. You get a smarty, sir, because, I mean, you are a doctor, so you've got to be smart, right? Well, I said the same thing about Dr. Anthony Fauci, and we all know how that turned out. So, <laughs> um, moving right along, Christy Noam. Remember last week, early last week, when I gave Christy Noam a dum-dum? Because she kind of went against what she said she would do and she vetoed the transgender bill so that, you know, that would keep transgender boys from facing trans, uh, regular girls in sports. Well, I gave her the Dum Dum Award. But then I came back a little bit later and said, well, you know what? I heard her. I heard her um, explanation towards uh, about why she did it. And it actually makes sense. Okay. But then more people started having her on and started grilling her even more. And the one that really stood out to me was Dan Bongino interviewing her. Now, if you have not seen that yet, I suggest you go and you watch it. But when Dan Bongino, who I trust quite a bit, actually, in what he says, him and I have very similar views on a lot of things. When I saw the way he grilled her, he said, look, we know that the NCAA and other organizations are going to come after us in litigation. Other states that are passing this bill like Arkansas and Tennessee and others, they also know that this is going to happen, okay? What you're doing is you're, you let a bunch of left-wing uh, corporations scare you, scare you into not signing this bill. In all reality, the coalition that you're trying to build is already building by each one of these governors in each one of these states signing their executive orders. 
So the more each state signs an executive order, the bigger your coalition gets. In return, it's exactly what you're trying to accomplish anyway. Do you think that the NCAA or anyone, any other of these organizations are actually going to try to fight six, seven, eight, fifteen states? No, they would lose billions and billions of dollars. Remember, it's all about the money. So the way that Dan Bongino approached it and the way he said, you can't be scared, you got to pull the trigger and you got to deal with what comes. She said, no, that's not true. We're, we're, that would just make us face unwinnable litigation. I tend to, I tend to stand on, hey, uh, stand for what you believe, do what you know is right and let God work it out. And you just fight your fight and cross that bridge when you come to it. And so I am kind of flip-flopping back to my original, you know, my original take on this. And, and, and that's to say, I won't give her a dum-dum award, but I am, you know, the way Dan, the way Dan Bongino held, you know, handled her, I said, you know what? So, and, and I get it. It's hard to be in a governor's shoes. It really is. Christy Nome's done nothing but great for the, for the state of South Dakota. And, you know, I don't know what kind of stuff she's dealing with or the people of South Dakota are dealing with only what people that watch this show tell me but I do believe what Dan Bongino said was right the very coalition that you're trying to build is already building and you're missing the boat so I guess we'll see I guess we'll see what happens from there but she's facing a lot of pressure from Republicans she's facing a lot of pressure from from both kind of Republicans rhinos and Trump supporters so we'll see where it goes we'll keep an eye on it and uh, just to say, I met her in, in, in Florida, and she's, she's, she seemed great. She seemed very level-headed. You could look at her. You could look at her eyes and see that she was a normal person. And, um, you know, we just got to, we just got to, we got to get together. We got to be together. We got to be united in this party. So this kind of stuff right here keeps us divided in our party. And we know where the division should be, and that's with getting these rhinos out. And I'm ready for that fight. That fight I'm ready for. This here. It's kind of a touchy situation, but I am leaning towards what Dan Bongino said. That's where I stand on the issue, all right? How many of you guys know who Todd Herman is? Todd Herman is a pretty famous conservative radio talk show host, and he fills in for Rush Limbaugh every now and then. Well, Rush Limbaugh actually... Um, Needs a permanent fill-in because he is occupying heaven right now. He is occupying the best microphone in the best place that you could possibly be. So right now, Todd Herman is filling in for him. And God bless uh, somebody on Telegram who sent me this story today. All right? King 5 News reported, and this is going to make you livid. Are you ready for this? <laughs> the state of Washington has a lot of explaining to do. King 5 News reports. Now, when King 5 News actually does real reporting, just like Todd Herman said, they're right. He's right. I know I've heard of King 5 News before. I've seen some of the reporting. When they actually send reporters out to do reporting, they do a heck of a job. He is right about that. Okay? But what he what they reported was nothing short of, uh, of just a testament to where we are in this country right now. All right? Where everything is backwards. They reported that a foster family was told that they have to leave the foster house because the state needs to make room for illegal aliens. That is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That is real. All right? This foster family, who, by the way, the, the, the father and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the mother, the husband and wife, are Hispanic. The father's uh, name is El Mundo. Okay? He's been, they've been in this home for seven years. 
being foster parents and working with the state. They have a state contract to be in this home. They've been there for seven years. They've had over 20 foster kids. They currently have four foster kids there now, one of which they had to rush to the hospital because she was having massive panic attacks because they were told they had to leave. Another one who's facing severe anxiety because of COVID-19, but also back to back with the fact that the one foster family that she happens to be with that she actually uh, works well with is told they have to be evicted. And the state of Washington is evicting this family after seven years living in this house, telling them that their state contract is now up. It is now invalid. And they have, and they told them this last month and they got a notice last month that this foster contract had to be terminated and, uh, that he needs to move out. And the four kids that are living there are in a, are devastated over this. And like I said, bringing more anxiety, bringing more problems, panic, panic attacks, having, this is happening in America, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, one thing that people need to realize is that 70% or more of Hispanics in America, whether they came here legally, whether they were born here, do not want this border crisis to continue. Why? Because the first jobs that are going to are, are going to be taken are the jobs that mo- majority of the Hispanic and majority of the Black communities work in, and those jobs are going to be taken first. Now their homes are taken. It isn't just their jobs. Now it's their homes, folks. And Washington State is literally evicting. Not only a a Hispanic couple, but a Hispanic foster couple who works with the state to foster our American troubled youth and they're getting kicked out of their home to make room for illegal aliens? And here's the kicker. They got this notice a month ago. That lets you know that the Biden residency and all of this disgusting, these disgusting divisions of people who work for this illegal presidency, as it is, knew this was going to happen, prepared for this to happen, and sent out these eviction notices before everybody else knew how much of a crisis was on the border. If that is not the most disgusting story and the most abuse of power and the most turning your back on American citizens that I've ever seen, then I don't know if anything is going to wake this country up. I don't know if anything is going to wake this country up. But what a what a story. And, and I thank Todd Herman and King 5 News for reporting on this because if it, if it wasn't for people like them and, and what I'm doing... You guys wouldn't know about this stuff because the fake news is not talking about it. Tell me that doesn't tick you off. Tell me that that doesn't make your blood boil. That these American citizens, plus on top of it, foster family. You know what I mean? The the families that are struggling and working the best to overcome their situation are booted out of their house to make room for illegal aliens. Make sure you pass this video around. Share this. Share this with your liberal friends who think that this kind of crap isn't going on because it is. It definitely is. Makes me sick to even talk about it. (sighs) Now, I've given this next guy a dum-dum award many times. I'm going to give him a Smarty Award. Does it mean that I like him? No. Does it mean that I trust him? Nope. Does it mean that I think he's going to remain to be governor of this state? Nope, don't think so. But today I'm going to give a Smarty Award... To Governor Brian Kemp from from um, Georgia. And the reason why is because for months I believe he's been working not only with Stacey Abrams, but with the CCP. I had a feeling that he would sign this bill, but I wasn't sure because I didn't trust the guy at all. I don't trust the I don't trust the guy as far as I can throw Stacey Abrams. Let's talk about that. I don't trust the guy as far as the gap between Stacey Abrams' first two front teeth. How about that? However, he did sign the bill into law, and that was the right thing to do. 
Then he came out and bashed Stacey Abrams and bashed her hard, put all of her business on Front Street. What am I talking about? Well, Kemp decided to grow some courage and call out Stacey Abrams for an illegal scam and racketeering, basically a racket that she has put together. Now, we'll talk about what he said first, and then we'll find out why he's not doing anything about it if it's true. So I'm going to give him a Smarty Award for at least growing the courage to say what he said out loud. He said, and I quote, okay, that she is running a scam and a racket that is scamming millions from billionaires and people who have no money based on lies and the way she, and she's begging and promising money from both billionaires and poverty-stricken people she's feeding them lies in order to get money from them so she can pocket millions of dollars now you knew that i knew that the gap between her teeth knew that but for t- to get governor kemp to actually say it is incredible so something must be going on in the state of georgia Okay, the house of cards is starting to fall in the state of Georgia. Now, I told you months ago that it was going to come down to Wisconsin and Georgia. Those were going to be the the low-hanging fruit states that that something happens in first. Okay, I honestly thought it would have been Wisconsin over Georgia because they have more strict voting laws. But it's looking to be that the, the, (laughs) the, the house of cards in Georgia is starting to crumble. And when you see the the rhinos and the the swamp donkeys going at it head to head, hee-haw, hee-haw, when you see them going at it head to head, you know you're winning. You know something is going right. Now, here's my problem. Governor Kemp is the governor there, which means he has a lot of pull with the attorney general there. And if he honestly believes that 50 Cent, I mean, Stacey Abrams, sorry about that, got the two confused because of the... Anyway, if he honestly believed that there was a scam or some kind of racket or racketeering going on, then ask, riddle me this, why isn't he instructing the DA to get involved? So it sounds like to me this is the beginning of it, and somebody made somebody else mad, so somebody else is going, oh yeah, well guess what she does? And guess what she does? Since you're all mad at me because of what I did to you and President Trump and the Constitution, guess what she does? Sounds like the classic finger point to me, but the fact of the matter is he called her out on it. You knew it, I knew it, now we all know it, and now Kemp is even saying it. So I don't know what's going on down there in Georgia, but I'm happy to hear that somebody's finally calling out Stacey Abrams for her lies and the millions of dollars that she's pocketing that she should not be pocketing based on those lies okay so i want to play for you a (laughs) this is great actually governor desantis can he just be america's governor you know what i mean i'll tell you what president trump better run with ron desantis as his vice president in 2024 okay and if he doesn't and if president trump decides he didn't want to run for whatever reason i would love to see ron desantis run i almost want to move to florida because i want him as a governor Okay, but Ron DeSantis says no to the CCPV passports, no to making it so that you have to provide something in order to have freedom in this country. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's watch Governor DeSantis tell you what he thinks of having a CCPV passport in the sunshine state of Florida. Oh, hold on a second. It's a little bit too big there. Hold on. Hold on. Let's scoop it up there. There you go. Let's play this for you. And I've said stuff previously, but uh, we are not uh, supporting doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. 
Uh, no one was more aggressive about getting this out. If you look at all the different points throughout Florida, whether it's a hospital, county health department, a retail pharmacy, a drive-through sites, church sites, all this stuff, it's important. But we always said we want to provide it for all, but mandate it for none. And that was something that, while it was advised to take, particularly if you're vulnerable, we were not going to force you uh, to do it. So there were there was never under discussion any mandates to take vaccines. We will not have COVID vaccines mandated in Florida. The flip side of that, though, with these vaccine passports is uh, it's completely unacceptable for either the government or the private sector to impose upon you uh, the requirement that you show proof of vaccine to just simply be able to participate in normal society. You want and then basically that's it. Available for all, mandated for none. This idea of try, of the federal government or a state government telling you that you have to provide some kind of papers to move and walk is not only unconstitutional, but straight stupid. Straight up stupid. And you know what? For the people that think that we should have a CCP passport, let me just give you one of these real quick. How about that? Swamp donkeys. Boy, that bucket is filling up fast over there for the swamp donkeys, isn't it? So I want to give all the credit in the world for Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, are you ready for the good news that you've all been waiting for? I promised you some good news, didn't I? All right, you ready for this? Did some deep digging, talked to some people, found a name called Cleta Mitchell. Have you ever heard of Cleta Mitchell? Well, you're going to hear of her, and you're going to hear a lot more of her, as a matter of fact. Because Cleta Mitchell is a very highly respected lawyer. And she's known for, for years for fighting for Republicans and the values of Republicans and their organizations and what they want to pass in order to make sure that this country stays somewhat of the America that it was meant to be. So Cleta Mitchell has been in constant discussions with President Trump lately. Okay, and this is what she told the Associated Press, that she's been in constant discussions with President Trump. All right. She's a major attorney and she will head the multi-million dollar National Election Protection Initiative. Come to find out, ladies and gentlemen, that she's also been working with the state legislature there in Georgia. And Georgia just passed what? The first election integrity bill. So she's working with this multi-million dollar national election protection initiative. She's working very closely with President Trump. And you know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? She's worked for years on these Republican conservative causes and working with several Republican groups and organizations aiming to craft more restrictive election laws. And not, like I said, she just got done helping the, the, the legislature, the lawmakers in GA, and this is Donald J. Trump beating the left before he even goes to war. I told you, when he said the best is yet to come, we all didn't really know exactly what that meant. Then we started slowly realizing that it was getting rid of rhinos. Then we started slowly realizing that it was get, not only getting rid of rhinos, but putting people in place that would make common sense laws like you and I. And starting to get rid of these people who are career pol politicians. Then it started that we were, oh, okay, now the states are taking back power from the federal government. Okay, President Trump has had this planned for quite a while. He's been working behind the scenes with Cleta Mitchell and this organization to make sure that every state passes these laws 
prior to 2022 so that we do not lose another election illegally. This is President Trump beating the left before he even goes to war. Now think about this. Think about the future of what's going to happen. You're going to have states in these swing states with these red legislature uh, bodies passing election integrity laws, much like what you see in Georgia. Okay. Now, is this talking about the Dominion machines yet? No. No, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Let's take, ba- let's take these steps in order to make sure that we have election integrity, okay? So think about this. A world in which President Trump is putting together pro-MAGA, America First agenda candidates for 2022 and then runs for president in 2024 with a, with a uh, swing states that aren't, that aren't going to and can't cheat and with his own social media company that not only he cannot get banned on so he can continue to tell you the truth and all the information that he has as an ex-president who gets daily classified briefings, but also on a social media site that cannot just feed you fake news. There's going to be the opposite side without it being censored. That is going to send the the fake news and the mainstream media into a frenzy. It's going to bankrupt Twitter and Facebook and people are going to flood over there. Even the left is going to flood over there just so they have a place to scream, kick, pull their hair out, cry, and freak out every day. It's going to be huge. And you're going to have all this going on while this man flies in on his Trump plane, Trump Force One, to airport hangars again, while he starts doing rallies, while he starts growing that that base again, that, that enthusiasm again. Trust me, the man had a plan from the beginning. He had a plan from the beginning. Now, does that mean that we are going to hold everybody accountable for what happened in 2020? We don't know yet. All I know is that this fight, the future fight, is gearing up to be one heck of a fight where it looks like we're going to be in the lead. Krista says we won't make it to 2024. Yes, we will. I guarantee you we will. Because like I said, the left only has about a year and a half. They cannot destroy this country enough in a year and a half. Does it look like they are? Yeah. But the but what you're not hearing is that states, multiple states, there's like 21 lawsuits right now against Biden. All these things that you're seeing him sign into law, a lot of them can't even take place because they're being litigated in court. All it takes is these red states to continue to take them to court and continue to sign executive actions. And we have more states than they do. And we can minimize this damage until 2022. Once 2022 comes, we'll definitely make it to 2024 because we'll win both houses back. Guys, it's a, it's a well-calculated strategy and it's, a, and it's fought by the man that you want fighting it. All right, so let's continue to fight. Let's continue to make sure that we're heard. Let's continue to run for office in these states. Let's continue to take power back from the federal government because the alternative is to sit back and let them do whatever they want. Are you going to do that? I'm not going to do that. That'll be the last thing that I do. So I'm just pushing forward. I'm pushing forward while I'm trying to hold the people accountable from, 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 the, from the past. Fight, fight, fight. Okay, so... That's, that's how we're going to wrap the show up. Remember, go to jeremyherald.com, okay? Um, we're going to have a nice chunk to give to, to Family Farms this year. And, and, and in March, it's going to be plus above $500, okay? So continue to con- uh, shop at the store on, online. The big and tall section is now there. We're going to be adding two new designs in the next couple days. Um, make sure that you sign up for the newsletter. 
because the newsletter is even even Trump Jr. is growing his newsletter because it's the only way we can stay uh, all all intact. Everything that you need to know is scrolling at the bottom, including the address and where you can send any gifts or donations or or even letters that you want to send. Um, and I'm working on on the wall for everything that everybody's sending me, and I should be able to show that to you by the end of next week, I hope. And uh, guys, consider becoming a monthly donor if you haven't yet, because you do get perks uh, for that, okay? So thank you guys all very much. Remember, there are right ways, there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep that head up high, ladies and gentlemen, because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I will see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. for more Live from America. Do not forget to share this video when it's done. Don't forget. All right? God bless you guys. I love you. Thank you for both shows today. It was incredible. And I'll see you tomorrow with more Live from America right here with your favorite hip-hop patriot, Jeremy Harrell. Have a great night. God bless, guys. See you later. Stop screaming that we first in America